So I see the participants listed. And, and then, then at the bottom right, it says claim host. It says login. Let me see. And then it tells me to enter the host key, which I don't know what that is. So right. maybe this isn't going to be possible. Yeah, you have to add the password. What the hell? Why does this hate us? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we haven't lost anything yet. No. Uh, fuck I mean, it. Let's do it live. Yeah, do it without a net. I mean, we've been doing that for a long time. It was just yeah. we got burned recently. Yeah. So and That second Boston show wasn't bad. No, it was fine. No, yeah. it's good. <laughs> yeah. I'll work on this. Get in the chopper. We need a few more shots of Fenway Park before we do the Statue of Liberty aerials. Yeah, you guessed it, dear listeners. We're moving down the eastern seaboard today for another installment of the TBTL Summer Road Trip Spectacular. An occasional series, bro. Uh, I know that was terrible, but good morning and welcome to the only podcast very, very expertly hosted about New York City by someone who has never set foot there. I know it doesn't seem possible, but this show promises everything on this episode everything includes but is not limited to some high hair female empowerment the likes of which our boston films could never dream of achieving a takeover of the richest uh borough by a bunch of filthy animals and a wishful guy forcefully stuffed into some underoos also your answers to the question as to your own favorite boston movies my name is mike Frizzell, also known as the jail dude coming to you from Curious Fauna Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas. And joining me uh, are four, uh, three, sorry, of my colleagues in blah, blah, blah. First, from the Land O'Lake Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne with a plan that might involve escaping the show in a laundry cart. Lundholm. Hello, Anne. I'm walking here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was that better than my Boston? That's That's better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can probably do New York better than Boston. It's Boston's tough. Um, anyway, uh, from the Shave a Bear Studios in uh, Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith Van Horn. Good morning, Meredith. Get a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Get a rope. I like that. Uh, finally, let's sprinkle the pod rose petals along the audio path for the nice lady coming to us from Woke as Fuck Studios in Linwood, Washington, wearing her dashiki. Boombox on shoulder and love and hate on her knuckles. It's Christy Wise. Everybody, good morning. Christy. Hello, friends. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt an accent. <laughs> not even try it. Okay. No, I didn't try no. New York yet, but I promise. I, I'm not promising I won't try it by the end of the show. I just blew the Boston one again and again. I'm on a mm. terrible losing streak. I don't know. It sounded good to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds great to everyone who doesn't have an ear for it. Hillary yeah. There's no one like, here to, to correct you. So. <laughs> right, right, right. You did great. <laughs> right, right. Right. I brought everything that, that Robin Williams brought except for the hug. Um, mm. As usual, we may have some small talk and a couple of T-she recommends. We will, of course, keep the house, unclog the majority of the toilets and clear the way for the next group of geniuses to come in here and talk. Um, finally, we'll let you know how to get involved with the show. Before we get into the everything I promised, though, 
Do we have any small talk? And who's running this uh, joint? I'm running it, but I'd like to say that I'm I'm deeply worried about the toilets now. We're going to unclog most of them? What's well, happening? you know. I mean, what about the minority of the toilets? <laughs> I'll talk about it in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith has mm-hmm. got plumber's corner. <laughs> it's different than plumber's crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. uh, we have to start off the small talk with an update to our jam fund that we just found out about. Guys, our donate button works on our website. And Finally, it only took six months. <laughs> well, you never want to rush these things. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, what happened? Um, what happened with our website or the donation? The donation, I guess. Okay. Someone we gotta... gave us money, Anne. Yes. Um, Sandy, our new favorite listener, gave us some GM money, and she wrote a little note, and it says... I love the show, and I love you all, even Mike. I added that part. I I just assume that it's there, though. (laughs) I was going to be like, oh, Sandy, burn. That's not nice. (laughs) I have not been able to get you guys out of any jams for a couple years, but I'm a bit more flush now, so I wanted to show my support. While I'm always several episodes behind, I really enjoy listening to you talk about your lives and your friendships in general. You are all great people and thank you for showing nope, sorry. Thank you for allowing all of our all of us into your lives. Take care, Sandy. Aw. Thank you. Yeah. I wanna know how Sandy got flush. Was she back in Vegas on opening reopening day? I I think she did one of those consumer um things about ranch dressing. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are they still doing those with some valuable catchphrases? Yeah. Oh, probably not during the pandemic. Good. Good. Um, I've done it a couple of times. For what product? Not about ranch dressing. One was about Heath bites. Do you remember oh. Heath bars? Oh, yeah. And those little little they, like, little nuggets. Something good, yeah, not good. lame. Yum. That was my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, a good I ratio. Did, yeah, it was it was good. I did one about cell phones, but as soon as I got there, they said, uh, we filled up, so we're just going to give you $200. And I was like, okay, <laughs> bye. No, I insist. Get me involved yeah. in the, oh, no, wait, $200 for now. Yeah. And then there's another one about toothpaste. Mm. I'm yeah. very particular about toothpaste. I yeah, accidentally bought the wrong kind of crest. I only like paste. Oh. I don't like gel. I get skeeved <laughs> out oh, by the gel. Is- the, yeah, the texture is just not good. Ugh. And I always, you know, there's like 14 different kinds of mm-hmm. crest on the shelf at Target, and it's all almost identical packaging. And so I look and I look mm-hmm. and I look and I look, and I'm like, ah, that's the one that I want. And then I opened it up, and it was paste and gel striped. I was like, God damn it. I live on the island of uh, of misguided uh, hygiene purchases uh, by mm-hmm. my wife. I, I don't I don't ever really buy any of this stuff anymore but i just live on whatever she buys and is like Ugh, oh yeah this is disgusting you get the mistakes <laughs> yeah yeah it's a gross toothpaste this is the soap that's weird i mean <laughs> it's all me Got that's it. what i do with food that i don't want to eat i'm like this, these chips gregor. are gross gregory you eat them yep and that's why he has diabetes <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right this bowl of sugar doesn't taste right yeah <laughs> just put some milk on it <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Sandy. That was so sweet of you. We love you thank right you. back. Mm-hmm. You're the best. 
And just think, if you want to be our favorite listener, just give us money. It's really easy. <laughs> favorite listener of the week. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I like this. Ooh, you can buy your way into our hearts. <laughs> All right. Uh, last week, we introduced our new uh, concept for an upcoming segment, the T-She Shark Tank. We're going to do an episode in a couple of weeks where we do an honest-to-God Tishi Shark Tank panel where Mike can present some, let's call them more in-depth or I was going to say more thought out, but we all know that's not going to happen. So um. I'm more or less the producer of the pitches <laughs> right. is, is the role I see myself in. And whether I, mm-hmm. I bring some myself just to prime the pump sure, or, or I just lay back and uh, help people present um, I, I will facilitate your, your, your idea. I'll get you there. All right. So now can I have an idea or do I have to be a shark or can I be? No, both? you can you have can, an idea. Yeah, you can be, mm. wait, there are the sharks. And then what are the people that present called the, the bait? <laughs> the <chum. laughs> yes. Christy, you can be a chum. Okay. A chum of the show. Cause I also like judging people and things. So I don't want to miss out on that part. It's the best of both mm-hmm. worlds. So yep. all this to say, if you, dear listener, have an idea that you would like to get in front of our uh, purely hypothetical uh, Tishi Shark Tank panel, because we don't have any money, um, well, unless we start that segment for listener well, of the San- week. Sandy's decided to bankroll us, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. yeah. So. so if you want to participate, I mean, you've heard Mike's ideas before. It doesn't have to be good. You just have to... <laughs> Be it just willing has to, to be words that come out of your mouth. You know I'm on this show right now. Right? <laughs> I'm a human being with feelings. Uh, um, that's a good one. Feel free to submit those ideas to us however you choose. You can post on the Facebook page. You can send us an email. You can record a voice memo. You can come on live to pitch your product. Just let us know that you would like to participate because I think we've got some moneymakers hiding out in this audience. And we can mm-hmm. all get rich together as a collective. If we just invent the next, I don't know, ShamWow? OptiGrab? <laughs> can we can we have the same um, rules that Shark Tank does that if it makes money we get 10% as soon as they get on the show? Is that a rule? I don't see why not. That's a rule. So if even if you they don't bankroll you, they own ten percent mm-hmm. of your company just wow. by appearing. What a yeah, because, Well, <laughs> it only makes sense. I mean, that that sounds fishy and it sounds bad, but um, people make a lot of money on their products even when just they don't get there. a deal. Just from the exposure. Yeah, because yeah. they advertise mm-hmm. as seen on Shark Tank. You know, as flushed down the fucking toilet by all. Yeah. Five or four or five hoes on Shark Tank, but you. It still used get to be twenty percent, but Mark Cuban um, said yeah. no one would come on anymore yeah. because then if you are you get a deal and you've given them forty percent of their company, now they own sixty. <laughs> I know it gets <laughs> like, it, it gets a little shady. Yeah, yeah, but, but yes, but, we own ten percent. Yeah, but ten percent of nothing. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you're not laying out much. <laughs> Futures, though. Okay. That's Christy. You've got the head for business here. So uh, let us know, everybody. We want to hear from you. All right, Meredith, it's been a while since we had an update on the money pit. Yeah. 
you were you were getting complacent, weren't you? You thought your I was problems feeling, were solved. <laughs> I was feeling really comfortable. <laughs> and then um, one day last week, um, Gregory was in I don't know some. Uh, industrial wasteland of a town working. (laughs) Gary, Um, Indiana or something. Gary, Indiana or Granite City, uh, Illinois or something like that. And um, he was on his way home and I was just putzing around the house doing chores or whatever. And I think I was doing laundry and I had taken a shower and then I went downstairs to switch the laundry and I took a step and we have a little rug and it went squish Ooh, worst feeling man and I was wearing socks and I was like no. whoa what happened and you know there's the utility sink down there and I, sometimes it like if the um I have a little sock there that catches the lint and sometimes if that's too full it'll like spray water every once in a while and so I was like okay maybe it's just the sink from the laundry and then I just it was like a slow dawn I just looked around and the whole floor was just wet oh. and I had a minor heart attack and I just I just stood there for I don't even know how long long enough to where Gregory got home and came downstairs (laughs) (laughs) he must have been pretty close two Um, days yeah (laughs) and I was just like times at least yeah I know that feeling down the basement stairs no no this is not happening I cannot deal with this right now um and what had happened was the uh, sewer backed up and there is a, there's like a weird little toilet in the basement. It's not a bathroom because there's no sink. It's just a tiny little room with nothing in it but a toilet. And it's scary and I will never use it. Um, but it's there and it turns out that a bunch of water from the laundry backed up and came out through the toilet. <laughs> At least it's clean. Yeah. Filled yeah. With soap. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And no one ever uses that toilet. So the toilet's fine, you know. So it wasn't as disgusting as it could have been. It could have been a lot worse. There was nothing damaged. I always keep everything in the basement just this just happens in michigan you know it's just in an inevitability of uh, that your sewer is going to back up eventually especially if if you're in an old house with old plumbing um and so i had a plumber come out they came the next day and in the meanwhile i was just like not using any water (laughs) because i looked down one of the drains in the in the basement and the water level was right there so i was like okay um I guess we're letting things mellow and we're using hand sanitizer <laughs> and we're not washing dishes. So we like ordered takeout. Hey, for every hey do meal. you ever like when you're doing stuff like that and then you make a mistake, like you, you know, you flush the toilet when you didn't need to, or you turned on the water and wash your face and you're like, God damn it. I <laughs> ran downstairs to make sure it was okay. Every time I did that. <laughs> right. Right. Like, Oh, I can't believe it. I'm such yep. a sucker. Yep. And it was fine. Like nothing else happened. Um, So eventually the plumber came and he, you know, snaked the drain and and said that the the pipes are old and they're made of cast iron and they get um, kind of rusty on the inside. And then like toilet paper especially will will stick to it. Mm. It'll get caught on it. And I am a huge fan of my Cottonelle Ultra. And he I keep a store of it in the basement and he saw it and he was like, you got to get rid of that stuff. That's that's your problem. And I was like, no. Over my cold, dead body. Well, I know, but also I don't want to have my drain snaked every week. Yes, but if you you get down in there and you sand off the rust from the inside of Mm -hmm. the sewer Mm -hmm. pipe, then it'll be fine. So... (laughs) 
the fix. Uh, he said this this might not ever happen again if you change your toilet paper, or it might happen again next week. We just don't know. Um, mm. So they ha- they they didn't scope the whole entire system. I guess there's two different lines coming out of the house. It's a whole complicated system, and it's it's installed. It was installed a really long time ago, and so the plumbing is outdated, and the pipe is too small. And he said, what ultimately we need to do to fix this is to dig up your basement floor and replace those pipes. No, thank you. Well, that's like an <sighs> afternoon, right? He said they could do it in a day. Sounds cheap. Really? Well, it, he also said that insurance will cover it, oh. which I found dubious. And I read my policy, and I cannot figure out if they will. So I don't know about that yet. Um, so, But what I've done in the meantime is we installed a bidet, which was very yes. fortuitous timing. Gregory ordered it like right when the stay-at-home orders started and toilet paper was impossible to find. But it just showed up like last week. And it's wonderful, and toilet paper usage has definitely decreased. And I got seventh generation recycled cardboard, oh, whatever man. sandpaper, mm-hmm. toilet paper, um, and it breaks down really, really quickly. So I'm, I'm hoping that these things will mitigate the need to dig up the basement floor and spend I don't know six or seven or eight or ten thousand dollars on mm-hmm. new plumbing. It's worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, but so. While I was complacent, before all this sewer stuff happened, I was starting to look at the house and being like, okay, what little things, you know, can can I fix here and there? And I noticed that the grout in the kitchen floor tiles was starting to come up in a few places. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I read about it and it sounds like the subfloor wasn't installed right and the tiles are moving. I was like, maybe we can just regrout it, but it'll just keep happening. So I got a quote to get the floors fixed and I would have to tear out the whole entire kitchen floor and replace it and fix the subfloor, mm. which would be about five grand. Oh. So I had that quote and I was like, okay, let's do that. And then the sewer exploded. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. I We have to figure out if insurance will cover the, the sewer or not. Um, because if they do, it'll be about $600 out of pocket and that's fine. Nice. So I don't know. I don't know. This is old house stuff that and a flip that was not done well. That's mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah, I'm not surprised the subfloor is put in wrong. I'm not either, honestly. <laughs> and it's fine because I don't love that tile anyway. So I was mm-hmm. sort of getting excited about replacing it to begin with. So I might still do that either way. I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted on my money pit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with having a house that people describe as charming. It is right. very charming. It yeah. is very cute. All right. Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry <laughs> that that too. continues to happen to you. <laughs> well, it's kind of a problem of my own making. I chose this house knowing that these sort of things were likely. Yeah, but there's knowing and then there's knowing. Right. Well, and I grew up in old houses my whole life. And when I was a kid, this stuff never happened. So I guess maybe I was lulled into some false sense of complacency. Well, now you know. Now I know. <laughs> uh, Christy, mm-hmm. uh, I hear that there are goings on in Seattle. I mean, Antifa mean? is running yeah. wild, unchecked. Mm. The, the city the is on fire. Machine guns everywhere from what I've seen on Fox <laughs> News. It's this one guy. Have you guys seen that where they Photoshop one dude the into same some guy? The same picture of the same guy. They just Photoshop him into different. Very recognized, like colorful situation. Like he's yeah. wearing a bright orange mask or something. It's like, yeah. come on, guys. Guys, like how dumb do you think Try we are? A well, you know, it doesn't matter how dumb well, we are. It's how dumb. Well, we we know, we're not their audience. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm so dumb. I think I'm holding a dildo on the Capitol <laughs> steps in Michigan. Aren't you, I though? Mean, <laughs> 
Do they make them that big? I mean, that seems like uh, something that like a small town would like <laughs> use as an attraction. I glanced at that picture on our Facebook page, by the way, for anybody who hasn't seen Mike's doppelganger on the Michigan Capitol. It really good. does <laughs> look like him. Um, and f- at, just as I glanced at it, I, it looked. I thought it was a hot dog. I thought it was a giant hot dog. <laughs> Me too. And then oh, I looked closer and I was like, oh. Were. And it's double-ended, too. It's Yikes. double-ended, no doubt. Yeah, It's mm. like, uh, it should be just some town's claim to fame, the world's largest double-ended dildo. Mm. I mean, will that fit on the sign? <laughs> <laughs> hey, make a bigger sign. <laughs> but anyway, my point, Christy, is that Seattle is a war zone, apparently, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're living in it? Well, yes. Up here in the suburbs, we're dealing with a different kind of war. Um, it's called the Great Cone War. I just I just called it that. Um, so we are on day 96 of quarantine. I'm sorry. It's called the Great Cone War. I just called I it just that. I just called it that. <laughs> I just came up with that name. Um, we're on day 96 of quarantine. If I look up at my um, scratch marks on the wall. Your prison and- hashtag. <laughs> yep, hash marks. My prison hash, hash marks. I really do have that. Um, and Jeremy has been working in the garage, and because it gets stuffy in there, he has the door open. Mm-hmm. Well, we've always had this issue where the people that live further up in the cul-de-sac, further up in the neighborhood, just race through here going 30, 40 miles an hour. And kids are playing in the street, and it's awful. So um, we tried to get a speed bump, and the city said, yeah, we don't do that. They said, you know, the best thing to do is to park your cars on the street to make it like a throwaway so that they go slower. So they side natural your car. Mm. Oh yeah. Two days um, later, our car got sideswiped. <gasps> no. <laughs> yes. Full on just crashed into it. Oh no. So it, it's pretty bad. Um, so what he did is he, on one of his walks, he acquired a cone, <laughs> like a construction cone mm-hmm. and has put it in the middle of the road, right in front of our house. So people have to slow down. Uh, you mean, Right in the middle of the road where they have to get yep. out of their car and move it? No, no, no. In the middle so it makes like two lanes. Oh, you got to go around. Two natural lanes instead of people just gunning it mm-hmm. through is what they do. Okay. Um, So he put that out and then it would always be moved onto the sidewalk. And then he'd put it out and it was just a back and forth and he couldn't tell who was actually doing it. So we made our ring camera, <laughs> ring camera more oh. sensitive. So that we could see. And we, and all of a sudden we see our next door neighbor, like directly next door neighbor, pull out his truck, get out, pick the cone up and put it in his truck and drive away. (gasps) So he just took it. So he was the one that was moving it back and forth. Um, So yesterday, no, yesterday, two days ago, Jeremy asked him, uh, hey, did you see that cone? I I put it out there and um, it's just missing. Like, I don't know where it went. And he said, yeah, no, I have no idea. Um, and we're like, you fucking liar. Mm, liar. Um, and he said, I have no idea, but why did you put it out there? Well, and then he said, you know, to make people go slower. And he goes, yeah, you're right. People go so fast. But I do have a cone at work, so I'll bring it. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so he put it out there and we have now moved it back and forth three times. I'm going to look right now to see if it's still out there. 
This could be a big cone for The cone yeah. is still there. The cone is there. So there's a lady who visits that has a Hummer. Like, I didn't even know people what? still drive those cars. Yeah. <laughs> and she took it out yesterday because her car can, like, literally oh, not can't fit, fit down. <laughs> yeah. Don't drive that car. If it she can't could just fit down a regular city. A cone, couldn't she, with a Hummer? I mean, yeah. she could just drive over it. <laughs> so that's... And we have another neighbor that's in on it. So anytime she sees it off to the side, she goes and puts it out. I think, I think the problem is that you need to um, step it up a little bit because one cone, I would probably see that and think, oh, somehow a cone got into the street by accident. I'll just Mm -hmm. move it over to the sidewalk because I'm going to be a nice person. So I think if Jeremy can acquire... Maybe like mm-hmm. six or seven highway barrels, the orange ones with the reflective <laughs> with water and sand in them. You're, you're yeah. going straight there. I mean, I, I was thinking just one of those stupid like green turtles that holds a little flag. Oh yeah, this is kids yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. we're get, we want to get one of those, but also maybe just putting a sign into the cone because mm-hmm. that I I thought of that yesterday. What you just brought up, and and uh, yeah, there's so much construction going around here that it could just be like, oh, it fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we put a sign in it that just says slow down, I mean, Jeremy has actually like literally been accosted by someone like pushed up against his car because he told someone to slow down. Eesh. Yeah. Listen, this is, is a, video. this is America. It is my right <laughs> to drive as fast as I want through a residential neighborhood with children. You can't restrict yeah. my freedom of dangerous Ass driving. Holiness. Dangerous <laughs> <laughs> I could be a jackass yeah. if I want to. If I can get home six seconds earlier, that's my right, mm. Christy. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I This happened to in Dallas all the time, and I eventually contacted the city about a speed bump, and they were like, well, we don't do that anymore, but if you guys want to pay for it, it'll be $8,000. And I was Whoa. like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I just want to put one in. There, um, my... Um, coworker lives in West Seattle and they did the same thing. They tried to get it and the 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 city said, No, we're we're not gonna do that. And so they put it in at night. Nice. Oh. They just went rogue and put their own in and I kinda wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Vigilante Department of yeah. Transportation. <laughs> what about if now see Jeremy likes a project. <clears throat> yeah. What about if you made like some um some plywood figures like they do this in movies remember in uh men in black when will smith like is in the training scenario and he has the gun and and like he has to figure out like the um the figures pop up and he has to figure Mm -hmm. out if it's an alien or a person you know shoot him or don't Mm -hmm. shoot him so if you had one of those that jeremy could like press the button and like a little girl pop out tails would just like pop up from the pavement right when a car was coming or like in Home Alone when he has Michael Jordan cut out on a train. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yes. It, I like this it idea. It just requires laying some small tracks across the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be fine. Some paint cans, you know, some some twine. I think I think it'll all work An out. An iron hanging from a string. Yeah. And I think you should have saved that for Shark Tank. Oh, damn it. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's a free one. Yeah. <laughs> we don't own 10% of that no. now. <laughs> it's all mine. All right. Well, keep us updated on how that goes. If oh, that I escalates. Will. With pictures and video. <laughs> I'll want to know. <laughs> Let's take a quick look in the mailbag. Our question of the week last week 
what movie most makes you think of Boston, I came to the conclusion that we did a really good job of picking yeah. our movies because so many of the comments were the movies that we picked. <laughs> I thought that was really mm-hmm. funny. People were like, mm-hmm. Good Will Hunting, Good Will Hunting, Good Will Hunting. I'm like, yeah, hey, I got no. it right. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Turns out it was good. <laughs> um, I have confidence that there will be less agreement on the movies that we picked this week. But yeah. we'll get to that. So a couple of the responses we got, I mean, really the most important contributor uh, from Colian's wife, <laughs> she told him to say Mystic River. We didn't talk about any Dennis Lehane based movies. We were coming off a sad show. I'm not going to talk about Mystic River. I yeah, mean, that's true. Nothing good happens in a, in a Dennis Lehane I mean, it's novel. It's a fantastic so. movie. I mean, but uh, come on now. I mean, uh, we needed a lifeline. To me, that's bank robbery. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, Katie says the other classic Harvard movie, Legally Blonde, which we totally talked about. I think Hillary almost picked that one, but we just figured that Legally Blonde is more about Elle Woods bringing the spirit of SoCal and shaking up Mm -hmm. those uptight Mm -hmm. Harvard Bostonians. Mm -hmm. So it Mm -hmm. didn't quite fit the brief as well. Uh, a couple of people, uh, David and Ken, both dudes, said Ted. I don't know how many ladies yeah. loved the Ted. I did I, not. Mm-hmm. I've it. tried Ted a couple times. I haven't made it. Mm-hmm. I've just not made it. Uh, There's not enough pot in the world to make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a stoner movie or just a guy centric movie i'm not sure i wasn't able to make it through stoned or not there's a little too much stuffed animals masturbating in it for me I, well, it's yeah just not really my and wheelhouse not enough mark Wahlberg naked yeah. or shirtless mm-hmm. to make it up for. so mm-hmm. some elements were out of balance for christy yeah. <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> um from multiple people from andrea amy and chris andrea says next stop wonderland such a great movie i had no idea i never heard of this movie and i researched it yesterday like i well researched read the wikipedia entry and looked at the Mm. imgp page it looks great i'm gonna watch that thanks guys well i i have a real um fondness for this movie because i when i got out of prison in 1998 um this movie was in the uptown theaters which was a walking distance from the halfway house i was in and when i finally got a pass to leave the house uh first stop taco time uh, on on Madison, mm-hmm. and then I walked over to the Uptown, and uh, I was going to watch whatever movie was on. You know, I was like, I'm going to a fucking movie. I haven't been to a movie in six, seven years or whatever. Like, let's go. So I I went, and I didn't trust myself at first, and I went back to it like two or three times, and and finally I was like, no, it wasn't just like the thrill. Like when you go when you go to a movie when you're a little kid, like all every movie you go to is like the best movie you ever went to. And I thought it was like, I have not seen, I've not gone to a movie in so long. I was going to love this movie, but it's legit. It's so sweet and funny and, and really great. Hope, I I thought Hope Davis was going to be a massive star when I saw this movie, but she didn't quite get there. She did really well, but. It's on my list. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, you'll love it. Thanks guys. Carolyn says, Denzel Washington's Equalizer movies are set in Boston and are seriously underrated. I will watch Denzel Washington movie. Oh, even, yeah. <laughs> even The Bone Collector, where he was a quadriplegic who just had one finger, was all he could use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I like him when he's terrifying. I, I like Training Day. I like it when oh, I'm scared. Yeah, so he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, both Sean and Chris mentioned Spotlight, which we did give an honorable mention to. Um, only honorable mention, as I said, because we already talked about it in our journalism movies. Otherwise, we probably would have picked it for the show. Uh, Mike, you and Rena probably are going to have to have a conversation because she loves Fever Pitch. I'm sorry. I'm she sorry. didn't say she loves it. She said it reminds her of Boston. That's, That's true. true. That is a good yeah. distinction. Thank yeah. you. It's Boston. and It's very much in Boston. And Scott, uh, I added this one in because this is a new one. This is a brand new Spencer Confidential, which was released Ooh. on Netflix, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, right? It's another Mark Wahlberg joint. And I think what? it's... Um, I think it's based off the same property as um, Spencer for Hire, that TV show starring oh, yeah. Robert Urich mm. in the 80s. I read all those books. Like, is it Robert Parker? All those books. Is that who wrote those? No. Um, oh, who wrote them? Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds that sounds right. But, uh, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, the, 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 the stars. Um, um, God. Uh, the, the, the black dude. Yeah, oh, I mean, Avery Brooks. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, he was great. And I was... So little. I just think I had a a vague notion that Robert Urich was very handsome. <laughs> yeah. But this he is... Was, uh, conventionally and traditionally and yes. whatever other terms you want to use. So this is an, an update. What I read said that it has absolutely nothing in common with those that old TV show other than kind of the, the name and the names of the characters. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, Christy, your reaction says oh. it all. What? Yeah, I just looked. It's on Netflix. Yep. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have like our Sunday afternoon movie watching. Yeah. <laughs> mapped I out. mean, even you can just mute it and just watch Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That's true. I'm <laughs> sensing a theme here. Do you like Mark Wahlberg? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, any of those Wahlbergs. Yeah, true. <laughs> I was a Donnie girl, too. Oh, <laughs> is, is that OK? I mean, if you were if you were a new kid fan does marky mark just get sort of folded into that fandom well mm. he was an original member he was he was but he liked basketball he he didn't want to keep dancing he wanted to go play with his friends he wanted to pursue his dream as a mm. five foot two nba <laughs> yeah. and then he accidentally murdered someone so you know <laughs> but Dang. like you do I mean, it's boston it high, high school musical <laughs> taught us that you can play basketball and I'm, sing and dance he didn't know that no, at the time. You can't have two activities. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do two things in high school. It's just not going to work for you. Hmm. <sighs> I okay. guess we all made our choices. Yeah. <laughs> we've uh, we've delayed long enough. We are arriving by helicopter in hmm. New York City. We are no, circling. we're arriving by bus, man. Everybody oh, uh, takes wh- the bus in these movies. No, no. I mean, I... I I'm fully well. We'll get to my movie in a minute, but that's how I want to arrive—just in a sweeping helicopter shot around. Oh, okay. Where's our Sprinter van? Do we park it outside, like uh, in Jersey City? And we left it in Boston when we jumped oh, on what? the chopper. <laughs> wow, this got Bobby's to be a really expensive and, road trip. We're Bobby's not going to try and park in Manhattan. No no, 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 no. I was going to suggest Hoboken. Mm. No joking, it's Hoboken. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we, we have our New York City movies, and we were trying to figure out how to organize um, the way to to uh, bring them to you, and we decided to go uh, uh, with a timeline, but the the only 
interesting, I mean, the interesting thing about that was all of our movies except for one happened like within what? The same year? year. Yeah, what happened in 1988, so... Yep. You know, if if we think that they happened all at the same universe, then they were all happening at the same time in the city, maybe oh, just blocks man. from each other. Yes. Uh, that could be a whole new, you know, superhero mm-hmm. movie thing. But, we'll, you know, we'll get into it, and, and probably the original superhero. We got, have to go back to the 40s, but... Uh, and you, you brought us uh, a property that I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. My theory is that after we talked about Boston and all the guns and the cops and the crime Misogyny. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and the bombs and the guns. <laughs> and the that, child molestation, you know. With that we on Tishi needed like a collective breath. And I tried to pick a serious grown-up movie. I really did. Um, but what imprinted itself on my psyche as a five-year-old in 1982, was the movie Annie. It says New York to me. It says tenements. It says orphanages. It says giant mansions. It says um, girls without parents. It says old-time radio shows. And I just couldn't not pick it. So I've said before on this program, Annie, I consider it my movie because her name was Annie. My yeah. name was Annie. I wasn't that much younger. I That's one of my earliest memories is being five and my parents were going to take me to see the movie and I was in a tizzy in my bedroom because I knew I needed a red dress. I had to have a red dress to go see this movie. It was extremely important yeah. and being very frustrated that there was really nothing that even came close to fitting the bill so i don't even know what to say about this movie other than if you don't know what the story is i mean i where have you been i i mean (laughs) when did the was it a comic first or a radio show first mike was a comic from the 40s you were alive (laughs) back then (laughs) well i i I miss the radio days of it, which I can ask my dad about for sure. But he was more into like, you know, the, the, the more adult shows. Adult. That sounds bad at this point. But, um, but the comic uh, freaked me out. I didn't like it. Those little buttons the eyes. for eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, like, the, the drawing eyes. Scary. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm out. I think. I think the only thing I know because wasn't there a scene in um, a Christmas story? Where mm-hmm. Ralphie was listening to Little Orphan Annie on the radio and he had to like oh. get his decoder yep. ring or something. Yeah. Yep. That sounds familiar, yeah. So it seems like it was pretty big part of pop culture back in those days. Yeah. And I, I don't know why it took them so long to make a movie, but I'm glad they made it when they did because Carol Burnett is something else in this oh movie. Mm-hmm. I don't go in for hero worship. But she is so awesome as Miss Hannigan, the, I don't know, warden of the orphanage, (laughs) the proprietor, the matron, the slave driver. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the ideal life, right? Yeah. (laughs) 
like you get paid to be drunk and just have people do things for you. How is that place still dirty at all? That's what I want right? to know. Yeah, yeah. You have so much free labor. Like you've, you've cleaned the hallway four times today. I mean, how, if I clean my hallway once today, it's clean for a few days at least, right? Well, with I all mean, the jumping and the singing and the dancing, how yeah. like how are they like are they doing a good job? But she yeah. says if it doesn't shine. What is it? Shine like the top, like the top of, the Chrysler. of the Chrysler building? Your backsides mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are definite consequences that she has. Yeah. I don't th- <laughs> There are no consequences with her. That's the thing. Is like, she's too they, drunk. They fuck with her. <laughs> they fuck with her the whole movie, and there really aren't any consequences. In fact, at the end, she tries to save Annie. I know. Her. Well, her redemption at the end is a it's, little yeah, i mean weak. she's bad but mm-hmm. she's not that bad this is some of the weakest sauce redemption <laughs> sauce you'll ever you'll ever see on the i stove. can't believe she wasn't even nominated for an oscar oh, she's so great So, like when she, she re- retreats into her little rooms and she's got all like the curtains and the pillows and she's wearing mm-hmm. like the nasty little negligee and she's got her bathtub <laughs> gin literally poured in the bathtub literally, i love it and her radio <laughs> She's got mm-hmm. a great setup if you're into that kind of thing. I mean, she is really laid in her supplies. Yeah. Apparently no supervision from any city officials no. or no, anything. Uh, any body no, of, of uh, any governmental body. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the checks coming from? I mean, do they just they just probably say, from the state. Yeah, you like have you foster you're care system. X many girls, you get this much money. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's it is interesting that they're all white. Hmm. Not super like surprising, an given the filled with white people. <laughs> Christy, there are no black orphans in the forties. No, what are you never. About? <laughs> but this this movie has just a surprisingly stacked cast. I mean, I don't know if it's surprising, but maybe it is. But this is for all the other stuff that he's done this is how i think of albert finney it's daddy warbucks i did not understand the significance of the name warbucks back when i was five (laughs) you get it now (laughs) i sure do and then like legit broadway star and ranking as grace and i just thought she was the most beautiful beautiful so beautiful graceful elegant woman that ever lived and then was obviously she in any other uh big films because I, I don't know I, yeah oh she, she was in this Barbara one called Hershey, like but just really mickey what was that it was with dudley moore and he had two wives and i loved it so much <laughs> i'm looking it up you guys continue talking okay. all right um we <laughs> should mention tim curry giving a great performance oh. as rooster M- oh my Ganigan's. gosh uh, no good so brother. So creepy. Yep. And Bernadette Peters as the Lily St. Regis, the dumbest dumb blonde that ever <laughs> there was. And um, okay, so if anybody doesn't know, it's a publicity stunt and Mr. Warbucks just wants to bring an orphan into his home for a week, pose for some pictures, get rid of her, and she ends up just charming the entire household all the staff and everybody and uh annie is convinced that she's not really an orphan that someday her parents will come back to claim her and so uh daddy warbucks whoa (laughs) that's a terrible (laughs) name yep like starts a contest (laughs) to be named annie's parents 
if they can come and prove that they're her parents, they'll get her and $50,000. And then uh, Rooster and Lily and Miss Hannigan hatch a plot to con them out of the money and then pretty dispose. Good plot. Yeah, dispose of her afterwards. I did the inflation um, calculator on that, and it would be $986,000. I would pretend to be Annie's parents for yeah. I'd kill an orphan $1, for a million bucks, right? <laughs> I might even take care of her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I might even for take, a little bit. You know what? I, I got a little You could just hire cash. a nanny. I mean, I mean right, she's right. good at, cl- at cleaning, so. True. That's true. Yeah, but all the singing, though. God, if she yeah, just insisted sing. on keep, The tap singing. dancing would get to me. Oh, man, I'd be like, <laughs> think of your floors. Nine. I know. <laughs> and I have no objectivity about this movie at all. Because I've, I've heard it said that the music, the songs aren't that good. But I'm like, I don't know. They seem great to me. If Jay-Z's going to sample you, got to be doing yeah. something right. There, there's a lot of hit or miss. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I fast forwarded through some. Let's go some to parts of the, the movies. But some of it is amazing. I mean, some of it is really great. And what do you think about Annie's voice? Because I've always found it kind of annoying. Um, definitely Broadway trained. Because yes. yeah. like kid Very Broadway, Broadway. over emphasizes. Yeah, somebody everything. who has to be able to project to the back row mm-hmm. rather than somebody who's a like, really good singer. I would say. But it's okay. Same with Molly. Yep. Molly definitely has the Broadway kids. She's very loud. Who's your favorite orphan, <laughs> though? Christy, I know you have a favorite orphan. Is it Pepper? Oh. The bitchy one? I go, I've had, so Molly was at first, but she's a little whiny, and so yes. I really did like Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always like Duffy, just because her line is, oh my Aww. goodness, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, this movie was made for little girls, which is yes. wasn't too common in the 80s, I think. So it's very cool. Watching it back, I couldn't figure out how I felt about the minority characters because there are two of them. There is Punjab, <laughs> the Punjab? Indian bodyguard, and the Asp, the Asian chauffeur slash bodyguard. They're stereotypes. Yep. But is it racist? I mean, probably. Because yes and no. They don't. I mean, they seem to be respected for who they are and what they yeah. do. But they're kind of tokenized. Yes. And there's that. I feel the part with the turban where he saves her life by undoing. That's a little like fringy. <laughs> okay. I mean, get he, in the chapa. He does. <laughs> Do the snake charmer bit that could yeah. be seen oh, yeah, as somewhat we could take that out. racist. <laughs> but I never thought of it when I was little. I was like, yeah, they're so cool. Daddy yeah. Warbucks, he has exotic, quote unquote, people working Special for him. Special skills. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All the same, you got to have some minorities in there somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. They didn't have to. They didn't have it was to. the 80s. No. They don't have to. <laughs> That's true. As long as they were legit and he was filling out W-2s and everything <laughs> that he needed to do. Gosh. I mean, just didn't 1099 him at the end of the year. I mean, and... Well, I would think that they were paid pretty well. Their clothes were really cool. They they were wearing uniforms of some some kind. Just watching, watching the scenes in the house, that's 
the, too many employees. I feel like that's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, waiting for to one dude. Oh, they need an HR director. I mean, obviously, it, yeah, it was a lot. Look, who is managing <laughs> that movie theater? I mean, how many? How many? I mean, do we have to have a, an usher on every aisle? Uh, on 326 aisles in the theater, do we have to have each one of them fully uniformed with a flashlight? Couldn't we cover that with just about a third of the same staff? Well, the dance number doesn't work if you don't have enough people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just seemed excessive. You know, like. um, so if you want to know the geography, um, Daddy Warbucks' mansion is across the street from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm. What? In, <laughs> in the Upper East Side. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in real life, that mansion isn't. It's like somewhere else. But yeah. that's where it's supposed to be located. All right. Well, I'll put it on my tour of New York yeah. City <laughs> to go to that spot. My pilgrimage. Well, um, should we fast forward? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, 1988, uh, where the rest of these movies take place. A big old swing uh from hollywood mike nichols the movie cost 28.6 million made 102 working girl is my movie um starring harrison ford uh and sigourney weaver who were both at in ungodly hot streaks yep at this point mm-hmm. yeah um i'm uh, hot, hot on the front and hot on the back doesn't even matter they are riding a hot streak and then melanie griffith um, this is her, this is it for her. She made Body Double. She made Something Wild, which is a movie I will never tire of watching. <laughs> and then she made this movie, and then she never really made a major motion picture again. And I don't know why. She's not for me. Um, but we'll we'll get into more of uh, more of her as we as we go on. But Carly Simon, the song, yeah. the opening sequence. It's clear they are taking a massive swing. Uh, and, and, and coming down from, you've got the inspiring music and, uh, you, I didn't even know when I went to the theater and, and I was probably with, you know, one of my girlfriends and who wanted to do like stuff. Cause we were starting to let girls do stuff in the eighties. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew this, but we were, we were just like starting to let them in starting to let them do some stuff like some lawyering and sure. some business so things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> I didn't know how grateful everyone was going to be to me after this movie, but um, so it's just they they go from like the sweeping view of New York, and then they bring it down to the Staten Island Ferry into the street where you know these people are going to have to make their dream happen. This girl's going to have to make her dream happen. She's not Sigourney Weaver. She didn't have her parents send her to all the right schools. She doesn't know how to flirt with all the right guys in all the right ways. Um, she's just, she's she's kind of a uh, walking around um, New York version of Mike has ideas. <laughs> she, has, she has some great ideas, but she doesn't have the pedigree. You know, she doesn't know how to get things done. So it's this true. should be an inspiration for the Shark Tank episodes, I would think. She doesn't have the hair. <laughs> She doesn't have the wardrobe. Mm-mm. She doesn't have the connections. Definitely not the jewelry. Definitely not the right eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go go ahead. Dis- discuss amongst yourselves the uh, the late eighties uh, look. Wow. Okay. 
So Joan Cusack, can we talk about her Holy for a second? Wow, wow, wow. Shit. Amazing. The shoulder pads. I'm so glad those aren't a thing anymore. I mean, <laughs> the hair, the makeup, the colors, the cut on the clothes. Yeah. It was, they took 80s fashion and they pushed it to the absolute most extreme example for her. She There's a scene where she's she's mad at uh, 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 Melanie yes. Griffith and it, and for for ridiculous reasons she's angry but she mm-hmm. has half of her eye shadow is blue and all the way up to her eyebrow on each eye and yeah. I just couldn't take my eye I couldn't take her seriously and I couldn't take my eyes off this crazy eyeshadow <laughs> and the accent the Staten Island accent. accent her hair is like four <laughs> feet tall <laughs> and was that the scene she was mad because Melanie Griffith wouldn't take cheating scum um, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin back, back yes. after she caught him in bed with what a good Doreen friend, De something or other. I don't know, one of those <laughs> New Jersey yeah. Italian Doreen names. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a ridiculous. That was a ridiculous yeah. fight. And if if one of my if any of y'all ever did that to me, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> You're like he's so sad. Can't you just oh, take the cheating yeah. loser back? Boo hoo. <laughs> he is Alec Baldwin, by the way, and and he after this movie he becomes a major motion picture star. He's so. so good at playing a slime ball. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> mm-hmm. is. Well, I think a bigger slime ball and very appropriate uh, is yes. the Kevin Spacey scene. Uh, playing too tight. It's foreshadow. <laughs> wow, amazing. So he's in a limo with her, sets up a meeting, and she thinks it's for a job and it's really a date. He's going to take her to a suite at the Ritz-Carlton. And he opens a bottle of champagne in this limo and tries to feel her up. And she shakes up the champagne, sprays him with it, and then gets out of the car. Yeah. I mean, and he's not Who like needs in, mace when you can have champagne? He's not even doing, like, lines of cocaine. He's doing spoons of cocaine. Spoons. He's got a little spoon. Mm. Yep. Yeah. What I'm, a creep. I was really proud of his work uh, in this because it really foreshadowed his uh, terrible human beingness. Yeah. Um, okay. So... I would help you out, but you can't busy the quarterback with passing out the Gatorade. That's a great quote. And then, of course, I am, after all, me. Uh, these are the Sigourney Weaver yeah. quotes. I think she was having a lot of fun in this movie, getting to play yeah. this. Oh, totally. Like yes. having bitch. Poor wilted hair. Tess is standing there with her wilted dim sum hair. No She's makeup. all sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of that makeup's just melted into the dim sum, which yep. the guys seem to like, and it's just, whew, she's she's amazing, Sigourney Weaver. So, um, give us a, a like a quick synopsis, Mike, for the younger people in our audience. Okay, okay. Um, Melanie Griffith is uh, Tess, and she works in an office uh, where. Um, where they uh, what do they do exactly they're selling stocks it's like they're trading futures bonds. or something yeah they're trader's office and she works for these two slime buckets oliver platt young oliver yes. platt young oliver platt what a cast who, in this movie yes a scum bucket number two in this movie i guess because he doesn't he's not the one who sets her up you know yeah the other me. one sets her up with kevin yeah. spacey most but... of the dudes in this movie are slime buckets yeah they're, they're bad they're bad <clears throat> hair sports good though. he's a nice guy um, so, uh, she's working there and she's having ideas and she, she wants to get ahead. She's gone to night school. She's trying to do all the right things. She's smart. She has ideas like me and she just wants to get ahead. 
but they, no one will let her get ahead because she hasn't gotten to the right schools and and uh, and she's just a secretary. You know, she takes she 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 takes her tennis shoes off and puts her 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 heels on and then oh my know, god, these so eighties dummies, so, 80s. so New York. Um, so she embarrasses the one guy who sets her up on the date with Kevin Spacey, and so she gets reassigned. It's kind of like the, this is her last chance. We're going to put you with this young female executive who happens to be a little bit younger than her. She, Sigourney Weaver's 29 and Tess is turning 30. Except I um, looked it up. I think yes. Melanie Griffith was about that age, maybe like 29, 30. Sigourney Weaver was, I think, 38. <laughs> mm. She looks amazing. Yeah, yeah she looks They great. both do. Yeah. yeah, you could buy it. You could totally buy it. Uh, so, you know, Tess is – she she's – Assessing her whole life, you know, because it's not working out. All the extra work she's doing isn't working out. She's turning 30. Um, the only thing she had to look forward to was going to home, you know, and, and getting um, solidly rogered by uh, uh, Alec Baldwin. But now that's been ruined by this other lady. So it's 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 going to be all bad. But then um, she has an idea. She presents it to her boss who says okay well look into it and then eventually poo-poos it and said oh yeah the client didn't like it but uh tess finds out when her boss goes to vermont or whatever and breaks her leg skiing and she has to collect all her messages that her boss is stealing her idea and gonna pitch it so um she takes advantage of the uh absence and goes to a party and meets the sigourney weaver's fiance and saves him from marrying sigourney weaver which uh, that would have been fine. They didn't need to get married after that. As long as she got him out of that entanglement would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you know, uh, she wins. The Sigourney Weaver is exposed. And and she and uh, and Jack Trainer. Every every movie hero in the late 80s seemingly named Jack. <laughs> yeah. just, did you I get the Jack st- role? Are you Jack? It's still in true. No, I'm not Jack. I'm sorry. I didn't get that part. Yeah, but you you skipped the most important part here, Mike, is that she impersonates an executive, is that she helps herself to her boss's clothes. She lives at her boss's house. Well, I thought you guys would want to talk about that. Her boss breaks her leg on a ski trip and is laid up in a hospital somewhere um for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah with a broken leg yeah like (laughs) Like, okay well apparently she's like having an orgy at the whatever yeah. Yeah, she was facility. being kind of creepy with the doctor mm-hmm. doctor and the she has a nurse, nurse painting her toenails at one point weird. and is drinking champagne in her hospital bed i'd probably mm-hmm. hang out in that hospital too rich people just live that way <laughs> we don't know is covering it i was like okay i think i need a couple more days of rehab here it was where's the my, 80s where's my champagne um when my boss was in the hospital my rich boss they definitely had a wing that looked like the nicest hotel I've ever been in. Like yeah. his hotel, his hospital room was super nice. Mm-hmm. So those do exist. They do. Well, when, gross. when your boss was in the hospital uh, and you went over to his place to vacuum, what what sort of? <laughs> oh my uh, god! I always vacuum naked. All right, <laughs> with high heels. On. Okay, let's, we got to talk about let's this. Let's talk about this. I was just thinking, Mike, about how you know you say. Tess has ideas, Mike has ideas, but how much of your time do you spend uh, vacuuming in your underwear and high heels? A surprisingly large amount of time. 
<laughs> so this movie, for all that it's a feminist story, right? About this woman mm-hmm. following her dreams. And okay, she has to kind of run a scam to do it. But being smart and motivated and, you know, showing up the people who are trying to keep her down. They have her naked-ish for a, a way lot of the time. larger <laughs> amount of time that is Whenever it necessary. can be, like, feasibly... Or you even know. when it isn't feasible. I mean, <laughs> right? it's ridiculous. Like, why would you leave your shoes on? I mean, sure, yes. leave your lingerie on, but, but do you need your heels on while you're vacuuming? It just gives you better balance, you know, better better leverage so you can push the, the vacuum. It's good for your calves. There's like a scene jump, at, the very, basketball shoes. at the very beginning, it's, it's her birthday, and her <laughs> sleazebag boyfriend apparently gives her this lingerie. Um, and she's there's just this like five minute shot of her adjusting her lingerie for no reason. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of it. For and no and then lingerie, we're talking stockings no with garters, garters, and underwear, yeah. and the strapless I think the focus bra. groups uh, probably came back with uh, you know we're willing to buy this uh, feminist message, but uh, I'm just gonna need to see a little see more boobs. Yeah. Well, just... I was really worried about that when she was running around in the strapless bra. It sure looked yeah. like it might fall down. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was part of the fun, though. There's, yep. a, there's a scene at the end. I didn't blink. Where she and, uh, spoiler alert, Jack Trainer are in bed together. Jack. And she turns over and I was like, oh, nipple. It's just Whoa. a full screen. There it is. Very close up yeah. nipple shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched this last night with Gregory and he was like, I, I'm, a, I'm all right with this. This is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely not a good ratio of naked um, Harrison Ford to Melanie Griffin. That there was a true. scene where he changes his shirt in his office, which has a large window, and he gets a round of applause from all the ladies on the floor afterwards. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. It was <laughs> funny, and I definitely was applauding. And then when they did, I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's his how you react to that. His really good in this movie. So, And he has that floppy hair thing that mm-hmm. I really like. <laughs> he, he is, um, yeah, he's, he's like a good teddy bear in this movie yeah you know, he's which very is weird because he's like a high-powered businessman but he's very mm-hmm. he's really playing a teddy bear right guy. he is weirdly chivalrous compared to every single other man in this movie <laughs> right mm-hmm. by being chivalrous at all you mean by just being nice yeah i mean okay so she whatever she takes the valium and then she drinks the champagne tequila. Or, te- yes tequila and you know has a reaction and so he has to take her home to his house and he yeah, has right. to carry her up the stairs but i'm like is it necessary that he had to take her dress off before and he put, put her to bed her in his yeah. bed and sleep in the bed with her as if he didn't have a couch he's a rich business dude yeah i looked up that house and it has seven bedrooms <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because he says the address, doesn't he? Yeah. So he lives in the West Village. Well, you don't want you don't want your date to wake up disoriented, you know. <laughs> uh, so sure. you should also strip down naked. Well, in a tiny bed. Why does he have a tiny bed? He's a double. Yeah, he did. Had a it's very like, small it's bed. It's not even a queen. People have odd sized beds in movies. Yeah, his Here, bedroom looked like, like it was out of a what? cheap B and B or something. It was, I was ridiculous. Like, he must have taken her to her house. That's what I kept thinking. Like, oh, he found her house. No, that that was, was his. his. Yeah, yeah, his seventh bedroom. You don't live in like a fifteen million dollar house and then have a bed like yeah. that. <laughs> well, how did y'all feel about the tagline of the film, really, which was uh, a head for business and a bod for sin? Was that is that okay? 
Would that be okay now? Sure. Uh, I don't like the term bod. No. Yeah, <laughs> bod, that's yeah. very that's 90s, the part 80s. that I didn't like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was reading Melanie Griffith's Wikipedia page while watching this, and highly recommend, by the way. She's had a very interesting life. And like half of the reviews for her performances are about her body. body. Yep. Yeah. Like it was so creepy because she started working in like the late seventies and they're like, she has the voice of a vixen and a body of a sex goddess or, yeah. you know, it was, it was like, I cannot see any of that flying today. She is totally not for me. I mean, the blonde thing and then the breathy voice. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. She has a baby voice. It's a little, the irritating. character is great because mm-hmm. the character is really smart, but I don't think that's her in real life. <laughs> uh, I just don't think no, that she's, she has a way of conveying, vulnerability on Mm -hmm. screen that's part of it is the kind of little girl voice and part of it is that it seemed like on almost every scene her eyes were just shining with tears unshed Mm -hmm. like so i could see how that could be enormously appealing to your average sort of white knight white knight kind of dude yeah 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 there i can see what the appeal is it's just not not there for me so um but this this mo- no other movie makes me think of new york more more than this maybe when harry met sally but i think if we'd have talked about that hillary's head would have exploded um, <laughs> we had to make some hard choices you guys <laughs> yeah yeah and a great contrast between uh oh that's a that's a um comparison with annie is that you had the really upper crust uh, mm-hmm. Fancy people, and then she would go back to Staten Island to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was—the wedding shower party, yeah. something. Oh, the, the wedding bar. party in that like basement bar. Yeah, yeah. And do we do we um, engage at someone else's wedding? No. Yeah, that no, was we really do not. That was a very <laughs> weird scene. So Alec Baldwin, yeah. they're, they're estranged. Like she's she's left the house because she's she was, mad about Doreen. Come cheating on, yeah. on her with Doreen and then they it's not what it looks like they end up okay, at the same exactly engagement party for for Joan Cusack and then he just proposes to her in public in front of everybody at, at this other part it was ridiculous and she's pressured into into saying yes and she says maybe and then they get into a huge fight and he's like we'll just make a decision I have to plan my life and I was like yeah that's a that's a that's more than mm-hmm. a salmon colored flag run away uh, right. from him run mm-hmm. Also saying that he got approved for his boat. Oh, yeah. A little, yeah. little bit of a salmon-colored flag for me. All right. Everything. I turned to Gregory and I said, don't you, if you ever get a loan for a boat, mm-hmm. I'm out of yeah, here. we're done. Yeah. yeah. If you can't pay cash for it and hide it from me. If you ever go into even... debt for a boat, right. say goodbye. I really do like that they um, highlighted the Staten Island Ferry because if we were on a road trip, I would take the new people that have never been to New York on the Staten Island Ferry because everyone knows it's the best view of the Statue of Liberty for free Yeah, that you can get in New York. Do they play that Carly Simon song just on repeat? <laughs> uh, on for the, over on and over and ferry? over. Yeah. Well, you have to play it on your own phone. You can't get that shit out of your head. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just couldn't get it out of my head. I'm play like taking out the trash speaker. this morning and I'm like, God damn it. The music stop, was Carly. really good. Yeah. So was it um, weird for you guys to see the Twin Towers in all these movies? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've gotten used to it. I, I've been watching so many old movies. It doesn't, I don't even notice it anymore. It's just, you know, it's, 
Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, I notice it wistfully. I'm like, oh, right. Still yeah, there. Yeah, but I've never been there, so it doesn't. I've been know, inside of, of those buildings. It's all oh, really? imaginary. Yeah, we were playing. We went when I was a kid for the first time. Um, I was probably eight, and we were it was all of us, including my step siblings and my brother and my stepbrother and my sister. And I were running around and around and around in a revolving door. Cause like we didn't see <laughs> mm-hmm. those all that of often. <laughs> and, and my sister wanted to get out and she, she went out head first and it went thunk. And Aww. my stepbrother, who's a big dude was like, why isn't it moving? Smash, smash, smash. And oh. smashing her head against between the door and the, she oh, was no. fine. She got a little bruise on her ear, but she was fine. That's my that's my World Trade Center. Story. Her head is only slightly misshapen to this. It's day. only a little dented. Yeah. It's well, fine. yeah, a little swelling. I, the first time I went was six months after nine eleven, so I never saw them except oh. in movies. Mm. Kind of a raw well, time to be there. Yeah. yeah, one of her jobs um, at the beginning was in the World Trade Center, though. Oh. I was wondering about that. Yeah. The very end scene where she was in her office, I was wondering if that was the, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't there. It was one of the first jobs that she had. So what do we think about the end to this movie? So she perpetrates this gigantic scam and eventually gets caught and confesses. And then the CEO is like, I like your gumption. Mm-hmm. and gives her an entry-level executive position. Does that seem realistic? It doesn't seem realistic. And the part that really annoyed me is she didn't know what she was getting hired to do or for or where or anything. That was weird. Yeah, so was there no negotiation? He just says, we'll hire you at the entry level. And I'm thinking, okay, so she's going to be a mail clerk or something? Like what? <laughs> but then she Bike gets messenger. to this office building. She assumes she's going to go to be a secretary. And her secretary's like, no, this is your office. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh. And I, I still don't know what she was doing. <laughs> I do like that scene, though. Yeah, I do, oh, too. Yeah, it's of course. Really it was very cool. sweet. Yeah. That's but why they were... her job? <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they were so vague about what she was being hired for so they could have so that scene. So they could scene. do that scene, yeah. Where the secretary is like, no, I, I sit here. You sit in the office. And we could all be like, oh, yay. But the 80s were about a lot of um, men doing a lot of shady things. So maybe they're just like, yeah, she's one of us. <laughs> I did a lot of shady things in yeah. the 80s. Yeah, she's like a scamster like all of us. And <laughs> early 90s. I think she could be a stockbroker. Yeah. That's well, true. Uh, I mean, you don't mm-hmm. really need... What are the qualifications to be a stockbroker? Zero. I know some. Um, also, we'll learn later that there's no qualifications to be a computer programmer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Very true. So let, let's move on to that then. Okay. Um, yeah, our next speaking movie, of. 1988, <laughs> happening in a, the same universe. Um, we, have a, we have a guy waking up in some really uncomfortably tight underwear. <laughs> What I learned from this movie is that Tom Hanks, uh, thirty odd years ago, had a great bod. He was so right? cute. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Big. Uh, if if you've never seen it, I don't know what you're doing here. You need to yeah, stop this yeah, podcast stop and, go and go watch it. <laughs> Come on, idiot! Um, it's an amazing performance by Tom Hanks. Um, it was so much fun. I, I hadn't seen this in years, and I rewatched it the other day. And there was a there were several things that I didn't pick up on when I was a kid. Um, but this is a story of a a what thirteen year old boy who goes to a 
you know, one of those little pop-up fairs. And he wants to ride on this ride. He's there with his family. And he sees this cute girl that he likes from school. And he gets in line with her. And she's like, oh, are you here by yourself? And he's like, yeah. And then his parents pop up and wave at him with his little baby sister. Hi. And the dad is wearing like a... I don't know, like a dinosaur hat or something. Yeah, so it, dad, you know, so dad, such a dad. Yeah, <laughs> and then he turns out to be too short to ride on this uh, roller coaster, and he's humiliated in front of this girl. And then she has a boyfriend, and she just says he drives. <laughs> it's gross. It's like gross. that kid is what seventeen at least years old, 16, and she's and she's thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen, right? Yuck. Um, and so this makes him wish that he was big and he finds this fortune teller machine called zoltar which is uh, was zoltar the only person of color in this movie <laughs> he might have been <laughs> and he wasn't real um he was a fake exotic uh guy whose mouth opens and you try to get a coin in his mouth and he makes a wish to be big um and uh lo and behold the next morning he wakes up and he's got uh, a hairy chest and he's six feet tall. Um, so his wish has come true and he has to run away from home. <laughs> he tries to explain this to his mother and she <laughs> freaks out and comes after him with a knife. Cause obviously she doesn't know yeah, who this person is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he and his best friend take a bus to New York city. He, he's I, from New Jersey, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they take a bus to New Jersey or to New York city and he stays in this terrifying <laughs> hotel (laughs) for the first couple of nights and eventually um he decides he needs to get a job and he goes to just he they find a job in the newspaper and it's something about computers it's just computers like we don't you know we we know that he does computers because he plays a video game at the beginning and so obviously he's a computer for for computers Yeah. yeah and so he gets a job in quote unquote computers and it and it's a toy company and he ends up getting promoted to like the vice president of development because he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> and he has good ideas about toys. Um and he of course makes some enemies along the way and um John Hurd, who might as well be John Turd. Yeah, from really all the he movies always he's plays in. such a jerk. Always a jerk. <laughs> he specializes in smug bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> smug bastards for hire. And it's, he, you know, eventually um, there's a, there's a love story there. The the thing that really um, grossed me out about this, it's Elizabeth Perkins is his love interest. And she doesn't know that he's 13, but they definitely fuck. Oh yeah. Yep. Multiple When he keeps the lights on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Like, what is the definition of pedophilia? There has to be intent there right because yeah. it's, you you are you sexually to attracted, attracted to, to the children young. to children yeah. and he does not look like a child she he thinks acts he's like a child 30. his underwear is i mean a strange choice but. <laughs> i've dated men that act like they're 13 well, as well yeah, right? sure. <laughs> they stop aging at about 13 but there's there's just this little moment at the end when she finally understands what he tried to tell her before that he's a child. Mm, yeah. And she goes something. She just sort of murmurs. Oh, 
like so that also that's yeah, why that putting it all together that explains yeah that it. explains things like, or you something know, like what, explains what if you're gonna go the pg route it's like oh that explains why he was a bad kisser yeah but i mean logically mm-hmm. oh that explains why he was a lousy lay i mean the best mm-hmm. interpretation of that is that explains his childlike attitude mm-hmm. right yeah and how good he is at or his toys. ability to come back uh quickly <laughs> Yeah, she's like the stamina. John, this guy. John or amazing. or opposite that he was like, thunder. he was a very generous lover. Mm-hmm. She's used to terrible men. Maybe uh, I, I think we've probably got this is too gross. Far yeah, I think it. we don't need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Such a sweet movie, and then we're gonna get into their sex thing. I, yeah. Like, who made that decision? Who was like, you know what this movie needs? Penny Marshall apparently. Penny Marshall did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ugh. But it's there. So the New Yorkness of this movie is uh, there's obviously a lot of fun things about the city. There's Times Square when it was still sleazy. Um, there's a Roach Motel. There's um, some interesting. Uh, there's some pretty views of of the city from far away. Um, and then there's Fao Schwartz. Mm. And when I was a kid, this was before my New York City trip, and I was. I was never allowed, like, we didn't have a lot of money. I was not allowed to go to toy stores. Like, give me a break. That was out of the mm-hmm. question. We certainly were never going to go to FAO Schwartz. And so it just seemed like paradise to me. Um, right. And even your local, like, KB toys or whatever, it didn't look oh, like Oh, it's that. not that fun. It's you just know. a room full of electronics. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this seemed like a, a wonderland to me. And in the there's that iconic dancing on the g- giant piano scene. Mm-hmm. Um with your feet and he and the I, I don't even remember the old guy's name but um Mac- his Macmillan it must be because it's Logia? his boss right yeah. yes yes and they do somehow a perfectly choreographed <laughs> in sync song uh medley well, on this giant so piano I watching this back yesterday I have some gripes about this scene mostly who in their right minds starts with the baseline of heart and soul? Nobody does that. Yeah. If you're going to play heart and soul, as people so often do when there's a piano in the room, it's not necessary, guys. Everybody can play heart and soul. You start with the melody. You don't yeah. lay down the baseline and then wait for somebody else to jump in. And also, as I, I played the piano for, for multiple, many, many years, and that's not that they weren't hitting the right keys. No, <laughs> that was bothering me. <laughs> I was like, that note is, is three notes higher than, than what you're playing. Please stop. So that was a little irritating. But there's no way to actually do that in real life, I don't think, no. without rehearsing it multiple times. Um, or having so longer legs. <laughs> well, I was a little bit worried that Mr. McMillan was going to fall and break a hip or something. I know. I was like, I think Robert Logia was like almost 60. Yeah. Which, you know, strong. there are plenty of people who are in their advancing years who are spry and athletic. I was just a little worried. That's all. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm 38 and I'm worried about my knees. Like, right, he could have really, really done something. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Highly recommend. Um, he eventually goes back to... he the, 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 the whole movie, they're on a quest to find another Zoltar machine so that he can go back to the way he was because he starts to miss his family. And mm-hmm. it's very, very lightly touched on that his mother is just like at home sobbing, thinking her child yeah, has never been kidnapped. never called the police. Nope. He's on a milk carton, though. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. They must have called the cops. Yeah. 
uh, and he eventually he eventually makes he finds another Zoltar machine. He does it doesn't work until he unplugs it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he makes another wish to go back to normal. And um, his girlfriend drives him back home, and and uh, she looks away, and when she turns back, he's a little boy in a giant suit. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, maybe yeah. in ten years. Yeah, she says, "Don't lose my number" or something. No. <laughs> I like when she's like, "Are you 17? Like that would be okay. Yeah, that would 16? be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, it struck me that this is sort of a like a weirdly conflict-free movie. Not that you know John Hurd is not making things difficult for him, but it's just that it's resolved because he's like, "Oh, I kind of miss my family. I guess I won't be a grown-up anymore," and then. He stops, and that's yep. the extent and of it. And then it just works. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Also, there, there's on. not a lot of tension in that, um, in the stuff with John Hurd, because you're just completely confident he's going to lose. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's obviously a bad guy. <laughs> and and he loses at every turn. He There are no victories for him. You know, there are no... How did you feel about the basketball scene, Mike? Yeah. Uh, I don't like to talk about um, sports scenes that are not in sports <laughs> movies. In fact, I rarely like to talk about sports scenes that are in sports movies. So. Well, how about the junior high level fight that they have? The handball <laughs> fight? Yeah, the ke- Tom it. Hanks is playing keep away with the handball. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Tom Hanks that. plays such a good childish man. I mean, he did yes. this. There was there were like some mannerisms where I was just like, God, he is so talented. Uh-huh. Just yeah. like gl- little glimpses of just how incredibly talented he is. Yeah. Just, he was on the forefront and probably is one of the best comedians turned actors. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey did a lot of good stuff and, and I'm sure there's a long list, but he made a transition and just be, went from a good comedic actor to one of the best actors yeah there's a scene at the very beginning of the movie when he first becomes an adult and he's in the bathroom and he he's looking at his chest and he's like chest hair and then his eyes gonna go down 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 (laughs) yeah he pulls his shorts out and he goes whoa we need to size up these underoos going on strangling and if that happened in real life then the then we would have had to turn away for two to three hours he never would have left the bathroom yeah he would have been in the bathroom forever yeah, I did. I think they sort of missed an opportunity. Uh, like, how did they handle the shaving thing? Yeah, he came mm. out cleanly shaved. He was very <laughs> freshly shaved for the whole movie. I'm like, wouldn't that have been a good montage or something of him they figuring may have out how to do that. that? Who knows? Yeah, that that would have been probably on on the storyboard somewhere at some point. Mm-hmm. I I there were some logistic things that really irritated me. Like he put down his social security number as his best friend's locker combination, and it was two digits short. <laughs> like, how did he get a job first of all? And then he rents this baller apartment in New York City mm-hmm. that's all windows and is probably two thousand square feet, and he fills it with like toys and trampolines. <laughs> I think really as a kid, that was probably the touch point for me of that mm, entire movie. Yes, that sort of child's i was gonna say playground but like wonderland of everything of the of the um drink machine although mm, prominent pepsi Pepsi product placement on there but But just having ice cream for every meal yep the trampoline and the pinball machine and everything that a 12 year old could possibly want Mm -hmm. yes yep (sighs) okay well let's get more whimsical 
Um, I think Christy? this is the most realistic movie of the oh, ones. Yeah. Also the most diverse. Oh. For sure. Yes. For sure the most diverse. <laughs> diverse? Um, Species yeah. wise. So um, my movie was The Muppets Take Manhattan, of course. It's got a frog. It's got pigs. It's got dogs. Mm-hmm. It's got a whatever Gonzo was. Yeah, whatever. It's got <laughs> chickens. Chickens. Right. chickens, yes. Can we talk about, is he in love with those chickens? Yes. I Okay. Yes. That's Gonzo weird, right? has a chicken fetish. Mm-hmm. Okay. That got creepy. <laughs> <laughs> when did this movie come out? I just saw it. I uh, mistakenly said it was 1984. Yeah, it was 1984. Uh, I said well, 88 at first. Yeah. Let's do it Sorry. over. Okay. <laughs> Pull the plug. <laughs> Stop the show. Um, yep. So the plot is that the Muppets... Um, graduate from college um, yeah, okay. to... a sentence you never thought you'd say right <laughs> and they put on a last their senior show because the, maybe they went to college for um, drama I, I don't know <laughs> and theater. a standing ovation musical theater yep a standing ovation from their fellow graduates who are very excited. Oh, those people in the front row were just oh my gosh. into it. Wow, wow, wow. Those extras went extra. Like, <laughs> that was a lot. And they decided, this show is so good. Look at all these people that love it. Let's take our show to Manhattan and get on Broadway. And so they go. And they <laughs> That's realize how that works. That- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just book Broadway. Yeah. And they realize that New York is hard and they just, and like you said, that's probably the most realistic that in the first apartment in um, big are probably the two most. So they have a little bit of money and I mean, I don't know how they paid for college um, scholarships, scholarships, scholarship. Right, right, right. Okay. (laughs) Cause they did not seem to have student loans or parents. Um, (laughs) So they live in a bus station in the lockers because, I mean, why wouldn't they? I love that It's quarters a day. It's so great. (laughs) And then they decide, well, let's get on Broadway. And they go to all the different Broadway producers and they meet Dabney Coleman, who is like the best bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's He's just... Yeah. And he tries to take money from them. And What's his real name? Martin. Plotsky or something? He wasn't a Jack, that's for sure. No, nope. yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, Murray. I think it was Murray. His, yeah, he was going by Martin. His real name was Murray. Yeah, Murray. That's such a bad guy name. Um, so they decide to start hustling, and uh, Kermit gets a job at a at a little cafe that is also like rats work there which seems like a really <laughs> very terrible idea <laughs> pete's i love pete yeah oh pete peoples is great is peoples peoples is peoples um and his daughter jenny who is going to fashion school or wants to go to fashion school and uh so they try to make some money and then kermit is done. He's done taking care of all the Muppets who are always relying on him for everything. I mean, it's a big burden. All those Muppets want him to feed them and entertain them and give him get all the answers. And, and he have just has the enough. plan. You know, sometimes right. having the plan for everybody else is hard. Yes. Guys. What, what would you know about that, 
the emotional labor that they all put on Kermit is just too much. Yep. Right. So he blows up and then they all say, we got to go. So they all leave him and he stays in Manhattan and they all go to different parts of the world to get their hustles on. Right. But I mean, they have good intentions with that. They're not mm-hmm. like, geez, Kermit, fine. I'm out of here. They're like, oh, I understand. We're really a burden on Kermit. Maybe we right. better, mm-hmm. you know, go and the- do our own thing. They all have bachelor's degrees. They could get jobs. <laughs> like, they don't need to hang out in a in the bus station in a tiny little locker. They can go do their own thing. Um, so during this time, Kermit gets really close to Jenny, but he kind of is engaged to Miss Piggy. That's the weirdness. Isn't he always kind of engaged to Miss Piggy? Like- yeah. But Kermit's gay, right? No. Oh, no. Uh, I don't think so. Meredith, you know about this. You know about uh, <laughs> gay men t- pretending to be straight. What? Oh, well, yeah. You're your dad. <laughs> like, oh, I, I thought you were going to say of gay men pretending to be frogs, and I was going to say, no, I don't know oh, no. about that. No, no. Um, I mean, we, we were raised by men that were pretending to be straight. I sure. think that he, that he was, like, gay. Oh, I just but thought he wasn't that into Piggy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always thought, too. Like, if we found him the right the right species or well there is an episode of the muppet show where he has a a crush on linda ronstadt really bad to Mm. the point where back in the day yeah no kidding yeah like from the 70s and to the point where piggy gets so jealous that she locks him in um the trunk that holds (laughs) gonzo's fungus collection (laughs) (laughs) it's healthy yeah she Mm -hmm. has some anger management yeah she's sure yeah, if, if she if she were a male character, she'd be really problematic. Looking right? Back. We, yeah, we'd all she's be like, not great. Hey, could you just just like, take leave? no for an answer, please? Yeah. And so much violence. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so <laughs> much trolling. Yeah. He needs a manipulation, her for sure. gaslighting, mm-hmm. Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, that's how it goes, and they all are doing their thing, but Piggy is um stalking him she never left new york she pretended she did but she has but also was like at, working at the makeup stand which was a hu- weird scene um with joan rivers like was joan being mean to her no like it felt like she was being mean to her i don't think so i found okay. that scene to be the most likable joan rivers it was funny has ever been in anything yeah, right <laughs> but i thought she'd be like oh you know what you need is you need freckles and she's like like to try to make her look terrible i think i think joan had a few cocktails at lunch is what i think yes they both seemed very drunk and (laughs) so um then uh kermit gets hit by a car oh wait he first gets a deal a son of a actual broadway producer says i'm putting on your show and kermit gets excited i gotta get my friends back we all have to do this um, and then he gets hit by a car, of course, mm-hmm. and he loses his memory and then becomes an ad agent. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like you do. Um, and then they, um, all the friends come back because they hear that they need to come back and then they're looking for him, but it's weeks before the show that they haven't actually finished or practiced in months. And then they, just all happened to be at Pete's Diner with the, I love the scene of the water glass where he's playing mm-hmm. the song. Oh, yeah. It's so iconic. 
and then um oh and all of this takes place in the broadway district which i love because i love broadway musicals so the scene with sardis when they he goes in and he puts the picture of himself oh, yeah. on the wall he takes down liza minnelli's picture yeah. <laughs> right. puts his picture up yeah and then she gets mad she's like did i do something wrong what is really cute is the that picture still hangs at sardis the current oh, one yeah oh yeah i haven't ever seen it but i just i was reading about that um yeah so they do find him because and then he doesn't remember who he is and of course piggy then um beats him into <laughs> submission and then he remembers <laughs> yeah where he is and then he's like let's do this show I mean, that is how head trauma works, right? Right. A blow to One the head erases you your memory. Used to, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what you'd think Things if you watched Gilligan's Island, since right? Then, Get bonked by a coconut once, you lose your memory. Now the double bonk is not as double you know, bonk. good yeah. as it, yeah. it used to should be. should talk to NFL players about that. Right. Yeah, the double bonk. <laughs> they're, they're not fans. No. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. I want to ask you, who is your favorite Muppet, each of you? Oh, that's a different question from what Muppet Ooh. are you? Yeah. Uh, okay, you can do both. I like it. I don't know. I don't find a Muppet that really represents me other than uh, my organizational tendencies really align with Scooter. And I'm not wild about that. Mm-hmm. He's very cute. Nobody likes Scooter, though. He's the most attractive. Like, if he was a human... I'd be into that. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Christy Wise says the scooter is the scooter. most attractive Muppet. Mm. <laughs> if you had to, a Muppet. I, I like the Swedish chef. Nope, that's a yeah, good one. I really do. I think I like Elmo the best. Just historically, he's always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um. I know he's aimed at toddlers, but um, <laughs> it might be be- about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might mm-hmm. be because my dad, my dad thought Elmo was really funny and he would do Elmo voice. And so maybe it's Aww. just fond memories of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I was never like a huge fan of uh, of uh, children's shows back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, mainly, I mean, I like Sesame Street because and mainly because it, they weren't talking baby talk right or yeah. weird like mm-hmm. um a lot of those shows used to freak talk me out down. like captain kangaroo and electric company and i'd be like I, I i always felt like i would learn more and was more comfortable just listening to adults talk mm-hmm. and just like not being there but uh, sesame street was good and i used to watch it and they they had less of that you know they just assumed that you had some basic knowledge of of being a human being and didn't need to be whispered to. Uh, so weird. But uh, Grover. Um, he's just Aww. He's just out there. He's always in a good mood. He wants to help. Um, he doesn't understand everything. I mean, I think my wife is finding out in these COVID times that I'm a, I'm a true Grover. Uh, I just, I just want to be helpful, but I'm annoying as fuck. And... You're doing your best. I think I'm, I'm, also, I'm also quite a big fan of Sam the Eagle. Because uh, yeah. he does get so very uptight. Oh, wait. This is mm. laying mm. some truths about myself there. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, uptight and he lectures a lot. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah. 
Um, I think my favorite now is Fozzie Bear. And he's always like, hey, guys, like me. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> but he's also like severely depressed, I think. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but he's cute and funny and a good friend. But I, I really think that one of my first crushes was Kermit the Frog, which wouldn't be the last closeted gay man that I would right. be in love with. Mm. I think a lot of little girls kind of had little girl crushes on Kermit. Yeah. Because mm. he's so very kind. He's kind. He's smart. He, he has seemed a good to know singing what voice. to do. He seemed to always yes. do the right thing somehow. Mm. He's a little Why bit of a sense of more- humor. Miss Piggy hate though. If we all love Kermit so much and she makes I, his life I did. miserable. I actually got really mad at her for forcing okay. him into marriage at the end of that. Yeah. But you know, there is something that you have to admire about her. She is in a male dominated universe. I mean, who are the other mm-hmm. female Muppets? Janice. Janice and Camilla, who's a chicken. Yeah. yeah. And Janice is always stoned. Right. (laughs) She's not reliable at all. I mean, Miss Piggy is not afraid to say what she wants, to go after it, to play with the boys, to stand up for herself. That's very admirable. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she mixes in a little violence to get that done. (laughs) Yeah, it was a style at the time. Mm -hmm. Actually, one of my very favorite scenes in the movie is when she's in Central Park and the purse snatcher steals her purse and runs Mm -hmm. and so this is like a truly diverse uh part of the movie where um gregory hines is the roller skating guy that so she takes his roller skates and sets off after the purse snatcher and basically like launches herself off a bluff and takes him down and i just think that's wonderful she is admirably assertive yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then she and Kermit are fighting, and Gregory Hines comes, and he wants to skate back. He skates back, and after a while, he's mm-hmm. like, you know, you just just keep him. Just keep, yeah. just keep him. I like that he tries to mediate. Yeah. He's a problem solver. <laughs> One of the best things about the Muppet movies, genre of movies, is the awesome cameos by yes. big stars. Even, like, was it the one that Jason Siegel did um, where Chris Cooper played like the evil guy that was great yep. tina fey was in that one it's mm-hmm. like the guest stars in the muppet movies are so game and yep. they so like embrace the fiction in a way that i love yeah so whether it's joan rivers or gregory hines or dabney mm-hmm. coleman or liza mayor ed koch yeah <laughs> it's just such a fun universe and and everyone plays along and it that's that's what makes it uh really great and, and why it continues to be great over the years, the Muppets universe. Mm-hmm. And this also, there was a fantasy scene when they were riding the um, carriage around Central Park that um, birthed Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah, the backdoor pilot oh, yeah. for Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved Muppet Babies. Oh, my God, I watched <laughs> so much of the Muppet Babies. I know. It made me want to watch it again, find it somewhere. Now, that was a series? Yeah, yeah. it was a Muppet cartoon. Babies? It was a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. It, was it, good. It, it missed me. I think I would. It would I yeah, didn't I think you were a little old. <laughs> yeah. I had gone away and then I didn't have a daughter no. the right age and all that. But. And you, you do have to suspend because if they were, um, because they kind of have the same mom in a way. Oh. And then Kermit and Piggy get married. Like the, you just have to suspend oh. that. Mm. Well adopted. 
I think. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, it turns into some, like Dr. Moreau stuff if you right. if you get too crazy into yeah, breeding these these animals together. But the movies that want to make you uh, that make you want to stay away from New York, the only one I could think of right offhand was Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to run into that guy. I don't want to get in his cab, and I don't want to go to a, no. to a rally uh, where he's uh, wandering around waiting to shoot somebody. No thanks. Um, my two are any Law and Order New York because it seems like there's so much murder. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then that movie Day After Tomorrow with Jake Gyllenhaal where all of a sudden it freezes. The world freezes. Uh-huh. Seems like that's becoming more and more true. So I don't want to be in New York when that happens. But I mean, yeah. is that specific to New York or is that more like all of the world? I don't want the world to freeze. <laughs> I, I don't want the world to freeze but I specifically don't want to be where the Statue of Liberty falls apart and there's millions of people trying to fight to get resources. Oh. Well that's an interesting <laughs> problem because what if you were like out in the wilds of Wyoming? Do you think you'd do better there? Just being completely cut off from society? Well, and that's a good question. I do want to die in the first wave of anything. True. Um, So then maybe I should take that back. I do want to be in New York and get killed by the Statue of Liberty. Okay. Okay. I retract my answer. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, I've always said that about nuclear war. I want to be the guy who fair catches the first Mm -hmm. warhead. Oh yeah. All right. Bring it right here. I I got it. Live through this. No, (laughs) I don't want to die from radiation poisoning. Just flash out like the end of the sopranos just black <laughs> okay it's over yep i do have an honorary movie which is do the right thing because everyone should watch that mm. especially yes. in these We've times got to have them. some diversity god mm-hmm. it apart is, from gregory hines it's great it's just a uh, funny ish that the the um neighborhood that that takes place in now is completely gentrified and if those characters woke up in that neighborhood today, it would be like, what is going on? In fact, there's a, a really good show called The the Last OG, where he goes to prison in like 90 and then comes back to his neighborhood and he's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> there's like a Whole Foods and everyone's lined up for brunch. That's on my watch list. I haven't gotten to it it's yet, but it looks really good. Highly recommend. Yeah. So, so everyone should watch Do the Right Thing. Question of the week. What makes uh, you most think of New York City? Get at us. I'm sure there's going to be a long list. We barely scratched at anything. We could probably mm-hmm. do a lot of shows about this and might have to if the uh, recording doesn't work. So. Yeah. It's, we <laughs> talked about how Boston has such like a strong self-identity that it's like the movies almost pick themselves. Yeah. But mm-hmm. with New York, there's just a lot more range of, mm-hmm. of things to describe the city. It's like yeah. what hit you? I and mean, because there's so many, so many ways for this, for that city to land with you, even if you've never been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's well, and uh, the city has gone great. through so many changes too, right? Like you go to, you see Times Square, and you're scared, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in the 80s, and then now, it's you know tourist it's central scary with the giant for Olive a Garden reason, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you go to I Guy Fieri's restaurant. $34 yeah. on unlimited bubblegum shrimp. Yeah. Oh, when I went there with my dad's and um, grandma, she wanted to go to the Olive Garden. And I'm like, we are no <laughs> steps no. away from Little Italy. We are not going to the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, we can go to the original Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco and shopping at the Old Navy there. Yeah. Right? Why? Yeah. yeah. There's no need for that. All right. Let's do some. Tishi recommends. Christy, you have a recommend and the Amazon plug of the week. I do. Um, I recommend the show Space Force. Have any of you guys dipped into this? I watched the first episode. I watched the first episode, too. What did you think? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch the second episode. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not to shit on your recommendation. (laughs) I liked it, um, but I can't figure out Steve Carell's um, character. I can't either. That was my main problem. He's supposed to be this high-ranking military official, and he's a total goofball. (laughs) Yeah, he's like Michael Scott. Yeah, has. That's, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that was my comment. I was like, he can't stop being Michael Scott for three seconds. I liked a lot of the surrounding characters, like mm-hmm. the um, Yuri, the totally not a Russian spy. Right. Russian <laughs> guy. And... It was funny. I did think it was funny. I just really can't get over his character. I'll probably I don't know. Maybe watch I'll keep trying. Yeah, yeah, see how it develops. Yeah. Okay. Well, I liked I, I liked it. I liked the scenes that had the um, heads of all the different branches of yes. the military, like <laughs> Jane Lynch, all crapping as on the Space Force, Navy <laughs> Commandant, making fun of Space Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's that, and it's obvious that Trump is the president. Oh, in yeah. this, But they never say it. <laughs> yeah. But they, his whole personality is there, and I love it so much. Did you read the um, thing about how the Space Force um, production registered a whole bunch of trademarks before the government could? So. Ooh. Now, yes, the, the U.S. government amazing. doesn't have the trademarks on Space oh, Force. Oh, how is the real Space Force going to get off the ground if yeah. these guys hold all this? Now I'm liking I love it more that so much. Jesus yeah. Christ, Space Force! Um, and the recommendation, the Amazon, is something I purchased, which is a five-pound bag of Harboro gummy candy grapefruit. grapefruit. Have you guys ever had these mm. grapefruit? This is Good. After I bought five pounds of Zots, I'm very mm. glad to see somebody else <laughs> agrees with me on portion size. Yes. Mm. You get more for your money. I can't tell you how many Smarties we have moving through this way station <laughs> at this point. Wow. I've never seen these. They're like little triangles. I thought they were going to be gummy bears. they actually taste oh. like grapefruit. Oh, yeah. It's really like good. when you go to a place that has the bulk pick-a-mix on yeah. different gummies, they yep. have those in there a lot. Yeah, and the peaches yes. don't taste like the peachos. They taste like actual peaches. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Just this brand, though. You have to get this specific brand. And they're like thinly sliced, so it's just the perfect. So I had the, this five-pound bag delivered. I hid it <laughs> in the pantry. Oh, well, you would need to. Yeah. Yeah. And then after Jeremy left on his road trip, he's currently on a road trip, I took it out and, you know, get my little portion of the day. <laughs> And it's half gone. And I'm like, what happened? And he just admitted that he took... Because I was like, did I really eat two pounds? Son of a bitch. Yep. He took a Ziploc bag full of my grapefruit. Well, I just clicked on the link and you can subscribe and save. So you can get one of these every month just automatically. I just Seems like the most too. planning he's ever probably done for a road trip is to put <laughs> something in a Ziploc bag before he wandered out of the house. Christy, I'm sure. so angry on your behalf. This is grounds for divorce. Look. I know. He I took know. less than half of the bag. I know, but he didn't. He he didn't ask. Mm-hmm. 
And he, he's the one who told me, he's like, don't tell me what it is. Don't tell mm. me about it. Don't tell me where you hide it. How did he, he found find where it? I hid it? Did he, he go like it. a truffle pig rooting around? He, I think he looked for it. Yeah. And, and the reason why he told me, which I'm glad because I didn't, I had hoped I hadn't eaten that many. So uh, already, um, is because he wanted to talk about how good they are. <laughs> oh. He's like, I mm. thought it would taste waxy and gross, but it tastes like grapefruit. I'm like, yeah, that's why I bought five pounds. <laughs> well, I, I feel bad for you in these in these troubled times sitting on only three pounds of grapefruit gummies. I mean, we all have our cross to bear. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike, there was three pounds on Thursday. Well, Let's not yeah, get ahead well, of ourselves. We don't know what's going on now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm home alone after today <laughs> until yeah until uh, Sunday night. So you take care of you. Just yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to some housekeeping? Hello. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, please check out our merch at theshowhaseverything.com. <laughs> Click on the shop button. Um, you can always rate and review us. We really appreciate that. Give us five stars and then talk some smack. That's fine. Um, and use our Amazon link. If you click on this link to get these delicious grapefruit candies, just add that link to your phone's home screen and shop from Amazon from there, and we'll get the credit for whatever you buy. It doesn't have to be grapefruit candy, but you should buy grapefruit candy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. delicious. God, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, does this housekeeping happen in our underwear and high heels? <laughs> Take off your Always. bra, put on your heels, <laughs> and vacuum the carpet in your boss's house. Oh, yeah, it's we time. didn't even say that. Totally topless. Totally yes. Yes. topless. Yep. 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 I don't see where the problem is. <laughs> I, I, I housed at my boss's house for about three months. I often did that. Hmm. <laughs> so it's just something about like defiling your, <laughs> yeah. your boss's house. When you're house. in a mansion. You have to take your clothes off. Okay. Um, Get involved. Go to theshowhaseverything.com. You can send us your throw your phones at throwyourphone.com. Join our Facebook group. That's where all the fun happens. Our show Twitter is at tshishow. You can email us at tshi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo. Oh, yeah. You can send us a voice memo it on your phone and then email it to us or fax us at 617-354-8513 we haven't had a a fax in a while have we no we haven't oh. i mean who really has a fax anymore i mean nobody's yeah. going to work to steal the True. fax machine privileges right that's the only way i can fax. <laughs> yeah me well, too <laughs> the the thing is like it's easy to like have a program and send a fax and get a fax. I mean, th- this technology is not beyond us at all. But what we really are looking for with, in a fax is the old school technology mm-hmm. where someone has put something on, you know, a, on some sort of device and taken a pic, a really awful picture. Yeah, picture. indecipherable. It might be yeah. butts. It might be yeah. pears. It might, That's you know. what we're looking yeah. for. And um, am I closing us out? I think you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us on this New York adventure. Next time we are heading out to more mid-Atlantic, right? I forgot where we decided. Okay. Well, we haven't decided. We will (laughs) look at a map and a a Thomas guide and try to figure out what's next. A triptych. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to AAA the, and get the it printed out. The helicopter rental's over, so we have to figure oh, out a way to, to get out of here. How are we going to get back to Boston to get the van? Uh, Bobby's bringing the van. All right. Okay. Yep. We we didn't let him come to New York with no. us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Um, until then, that was everything. Touching our hand, wondering why it's time for saying goodbye. you know stand through the sunroof in the limo yes. oh yeah oh. did you really want to do that after i've always wanted to do that yeah i mean actually really? you know what my dad was a limo driver for a little while and i did do that when i was a little kid oh, Super so lucky. Limo. me neither tom hanks looks great in that white tux and tails oh my gosh ridiculous tux <laughs> but yeah he did <laughs> i love it